0: Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate so you never, ever have to work a job again. And today, I'm gonna be talking all about funding or financing your real estate investing business because everyone needs money in order to buy properties, but it doesn't have to be your own personal cash out of your own pocket, and I'm gonna show you all the great ways to get financing, to buy more real estate. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. All right, all right. We are here in Dublin, Ireland. I'm so excited to be podcasting out of Dublin, Ireland right now. So I'm on a six-week vacation with my family. Can you actually believe that? A six-week vacation with my family going through Europe, going starting in England, Scotland, Ireland, Dublin, um, Israel, all these different places throughout six weeks, Um, traveling because I don't need to have a job. I don't need to worry about money because I have money coming in. Um, Basically, I have control over my life. All these great things that rental properties bring and give you. All right, now today we're looking at funding rental properties, funding your business. Now, cash and money is the lifeblood of your business. If you don't have money, you don't have a business, really it comes down to that. Now, let's look at how to actually fund your rental properties. Now, when I said earlier that this page is one of the most heavily viewed and reviewed and read pages and blog posts on my site, it's because people are always curious about how to find money to buy their properties. Not everybody has cash that they can put down on a property. You know, not everybody has $250,000 cash. I know I didn't when I first got started. And so this is the one of the most um, heavily influenceable um, topics that people really want to know how they can actually fund properties. You know, people usually know, okay, you can buy it with cash, which is obviously one, you can get a mortgage on it, number two, and you, you can you know, borrow from uh, Jimmy the, the money lender down the street, that could break your legs if you don't pay him back. Um, you yeah, know, I would not recommend that, but you definitely can. Um, so there are many different ways that you might not have thought of and great cre- creative ways that I have actually done in the past like using a credit card to buy houses which I actually have done uh, crazy enough so if you're like me funding your properties funding your business to buy more properties is hard to do it's hard to come up with the the creative ways to uh, buy properties you know it's also hard sometimes to get mortgages because they look at your debt to income ratio they look at how much um, money you have that is coming in versus how much you have that is going out you know debt to income Uh, but Having the ability to finance your properties is absolutely amazing. Now, what I want to do is I want to look at a, a few key ones that I've used in the past, but also give you other ones that people kind of overlook. And they, they think maybe I shouldn't use this because it might be risky. Well, I'm going to tell you how I've used it in the past and how I've grown my business with funding so there are many different ways and so today let's look at a few of them um, now I've bought many properties um, I, I've bought some with seller financing I've bought some with all cash I've bought some with a conventional mortgage uh, refinance money pull out of properties and bought more properties um, I've used hard money I've used uh, you know uh, family members I've used all the different types of ways to actually, Buy properties now. Here's another one. I actually used credit cards, I used a credit card to actually buy two properties. I'll tell you that, so I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. But, um, I've found that as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I need to be creative, I need to make sure that I can solve problems that come up, like finding money to be able to buy a property. You know, if I'm as I'm looking up many, many different types of deals and different ways that I can grow my business, sometimes I get deals that I can't buy or I can't um, afford um, you know, with a new mortgage or if I don't have cash or however it might be, I need to find out creative ways to buy a property. And other ones would be like even seller financing, talking to the seller and saying, hey, I can't buy the property, or you don't really say you can't, but say, I would love to buy the property with your seller financing where I will pay you. You're basically the bank. You'll have no headaches, but I'll take care of the property as well as pay you just like you were the bank. You're going to be monthly making money every single month, and I will pay it off in, you know, 10, 20, 30 years or whatever it might be. So I'm jumping ahead of myself. So let's jump into a couple um, of my favorite ones. So if you have the ability to, let's jump into the first one. First one would be all cash. Now I know everybody's saying, oh man, yeah, if I had cash, I'd buy, you know, I'd buy everything if I could. But not all of us have cash. Well I'm here to say that you don't need a ton of cash in order to buy a rental property. If you have cash let's say you're working a normal job where you're saving hopefully $100 a month. Uh, I encourage you some people might say well I can't save $100 a month. Well I'm gonna say cut out some things so that you can start saving $100 a month so that you can start putting your money away so that you can invest because if you're not saving money to invest I'm gonna say it's gonna make it harder and harder for you to buy properties and it's not it's not impossible you can absolutely buy properties with low and no money down but it's just so much easier I tell you so much easier when you have cash and so some people might think well I can't buy up a house for $120,000 I don't have that in cash well could you save up maybe $15,000 yeah you probably could I know my wife and I when we first got married um, you know really really poor didn't have much money. But she got some uh, some money when she, we got married. Um, she also got some inheritance and we had $17,000 to our name. And we thought, well I thought, <laughs> I say, like, babe, I really want to start investing in rental properties. So I see the future of us owning many rental properties and me not having to work a job you being able to stay home and homeschool the kids like you want to, and things like that, so that we can free up our time and free up um, uh, basically control over our lives, so we control our lives. And so I took that seventeen thousand dollars and put that down on one property. That one property started bringing in five hundred and twenty-five dollars a month. And if you if you do the math, after about three, a little over three years, I get every bit of my money back, and then every my, all the money on top of that. Is gravy. That's basically all money um, uh, on top of how much I put into it. So I took $17,000. Now, I've also bought properties. Now this is back in 2010 when the market was completely um, down and everything was going bad. Um, Banks were just trying to give away properties. I bought even another house for $6,500 that rents out for $475. Um, I I still believe I still own that. I bought another one for $7,800. So you don't need a lot of money to buy your first rental property. There are plenty of places in the country where you can buy them for relatively low. Now they're going to be older homes and I have another podcast coming up that I'm going to be talking about um, the good and bad about a cheap rental property, you know the $15,000, the $10,000 properties because there's some good good and bad things about it and I, I've i definitely learned my my lessons with the School of Hard Knocks trying to figure out how to actually make money with these really, really low price properties but you can absolutely make money and make good money with these really low um, low exp- uh, cost properties. So like I said, I bought my first house for 17,000, bought my next one, I think it was uh, 15,000, next one after that was like 12,000, so it got lower and lower every time. Um, but right now, you can still find properties. Right now, it's when I'm recording this, this is 2018, um, this uh, March of 2018, and you can still buy properties that are low, cost which would be you know fifteen thousand dollars you can still buy them for cash and still make money every single month. now you got to look for them you got to build your business around it. Um, I've done a lot of work to actually build my business where I'm actually making money and not losing money um, because having these cheaper properties do take a lot more work which we'll have to get into and in, like I said in the other other lesson other podcast so what I want you to do is think about other ways that you can use your money f- for all cash um, if it's possible for you. Save up your money, $100 every single month. Save up your money, maybe if you get an inheritance or something like that. Just get that first property, because I'm gonna tell you right now, every investor knows getting that first property is always the hardest. And then once you get the second property, you will start realizing how easy it is. You know, the first property is the hardest. After you have that one, second property will come even faster. Third property will come even faster than that. Fourth, fifth, and it's like a, a big snowball that keeps going downhill that'll go faster and faster and faster and faster so that as soon as you, re- or before you even realize it, all of a sudden you're making so much money, you can't stop it from coming in. That Every single month you're just making money. Where I realize, hey, I have so much money coming in, I'm just gonna quit my job. I don't need my job. I don't need the income, praise the Lord. So, I said, I'm done, I'm not, I'm not working another day of my life. So, that's all cash. Now, I'm gonna encourage you that you can put that all cash down and buy those cheaper properties, but there's also another way, which gets me into my next one, would be a conventional mortgage. Now, let's say you had that $10,000. If you bought a $10,000 property for um, the cash, all out um, all in is ten thousand dollars you bought the property for ten thousand dollars in cash no other money you know no mortgage on top of it well that's that's definitely a um, a great deal but what if you bought a, a bigger home a better home a newer home that doesn't take as much to fix up you know you bought a hundred thousand dollar house but you put that ten thousand dollars down on the hundred thousand dollar house well you're using other people's money which I will say is a great thing about rental properties you can use other people's money to buy properties and make cash flow every single month. And so over a 30 year span uh, period of time, you're basically having your tenant pay for the mortgage. Most mortgages are 30 year fixed mortgage and the 30 year fixed mortgage is gonna be, uh, you know, the normal payments are lower than like a 15 or a 20 year mortgage. So your 30 year fixed mortgage will probably be, if you buy a $100,000 house, somewhere around $400 a month, maybe $500 a month at the very most. And then you tack on your, your taxes, your insurance, your property manager fees, things like that. And then if you rent it out for $1,200 a month, you're probably gonna be making at least $250 to $300 a month. I have plenty of properties that I make over $350 a month because I bought it right, I bought it lower than, um, uh, than the normal market value. And then because of the Rent coming in, I have you know, $1,500 or $1,600 coming in, my expenses are around uh, $1,000, I'm making $600 a month. It's just fantastic to be able to make that much money. So imagine putting that $10,000 down, buying a $100,000 house with that 10,000 using somebody else's money. Now here's a great thing, the tenant is actually paying off the rest of that house. Now you still owe $90,000, right? You, put, you buy a $100,000 house, you put $10,000 down. Now, you still owe $90,000, but the beauty of it is your tenant is paying that $90,000. Can you believe that? They're paying it off. So every single time you get your rent check, you make a payment to the mortgage. And you the mortgage company or the bank, they take your money and they knock off another month payment. And what happens is after those 30 years, you own the property, but you only paid $10,000 for that property. And the tenant paid for the rest of that property. They pay for all the principal, all the interest, all the taxes, all the expenses, and you still made money every single month. So getting a conventional mortgage is a great way. Usually, you have to put around 20% down to buy a property. Um, you, there have been. I've actually bought properties where I put um, 10% down, got a 10% loan, as well as an, an 80% loan on top of that. So it's you know 80, 10, 10. Um, those are really hard to come by now. Uh, banks don't like giving those out, um, or if they even if they can. But I have bought properties with that. So there are creative ways to use money to get a conventional mortgage and use the bank's money. To buy a property now, what I would suggest if you're into, if you want to look for this, call for at least four or five different uh, mortgage brokers. Talk to them and say, "This is what I want to do. I have this property." You'll know, basically explain the deal. I have this property. I have this much money to put down. How can you get me the funding? Some people might say, or some mortgage brokers might quickly say, "Well, I can't. I need 20% down." Now, you know, they'll say, well, "Okay, we're done." But the, I have found that you're going to find property, or um, sorry, not property managers. You'll find Mortgage brokers that have actually been able to pull these things off, and the banks are fine with it because they have their own criterias. Every mortgage broker and every bank have their own criteria for what type of loans they give. Some are more strict than others. Some some banks are very strict, meaning they don't want they they try not to lose money. They try not to give risky loans out, um, and so they don't uh, they don't like lending to to the low um, credit scores or a high debt to income ratio things like that but there are other banks that are a little more lenient that would actually give these types of loans so call as many mortgage brokers until you find a company that's actually going to be able to put the deal through for you all right so the next one fha loans now an fha loan is very similar to a conventional loan but it's backed by it's a loan, basically a loan from the Federal Housing Administration from the government, the United States government. So they back and insure the mortgage, and so you instead of paying ten or twenty percent, usually twenty percent for a normal conventional loan, the government allows you to pay only three and a half percent down. Can you imagine that? You know, a two hundred thousand dollar house, you're buying it for seven thousand dollars out of your pocket, and you got that two hundred thousand dollar house that hopefully is making you two hundred fifty dollars a month to $300 or more and so it's very attractive way to buy a property because you're putting so little money down that after time or over time um, all that $3,500 $3, you're going to make that back in like three two years maybe three years at most and then you have everything on top of that is just money in the bank. Your FHA loan there's a downside to getting an FHA loan though is you actually have a mortgage uh, PMI, uh, Principal Mortgage Insurance. So basically, you have to pay an extra insurance, not not your home insurance. It's mortgage insurance on top of your principal and interest that goes to the government that pays them. It's a private mortgage insurance that's going to allow you to be able to pay a three and a half percent. Now, let me give you an example. So you buy a $100,000 home. You're going to be paying probably around $100 a month extra in the PMI, the private mortgage insurance. If you pay an extra PMI of $100, well you just put that in your numbers. You make sure that you can afford that, that the cash flow every single month will still bring in $250 or more, including that PMI on top of it. Now if it doesn't, then pass on the deal or go to another deal, Uh, but you always want to offer so that it makes you money every single month. You want to make sure you account for every expense, even if it's a PMI, something like that. You can still have that put in your numbers as an expense so you have that covered so you're still making money. So don't let that scare you off from getting your first property, but three and a half percent down. You know, if you buy a house for $100,000, $3,500, you can easily save that up. I would hope that you'd be a work, you know, work your tail off, you know, get an extra job or something to save up $3,500 to buy your first property start making $250 a month, save that up to buy your next property and in who knows, you know, 8 or 9 years you're going to have enough properties where you can actually quit your job. All right, next one. Now, portfolio lenders is what we're going to get into right now and most people think, "Oh wow, portfolio lenders are, you know, some people are getting into real estate investing." think about like this this mythical white whale of a portfolio lender how do I get a portfolio lender because they lend you know to to uh, real estate companies like mine or investment companies that invest in rental properties you know they they are they're they're willing to give more uh, more investment pro- property loans as opposed to you know four or just one with an FHA or normal conventional loan I think it's four that you can have at most on your name uh, but anyways portfolio lenders so they're basically a portfolio lender is a bank that lends their own money. That's their own portfolio. So think of uh, your local bank in your local neighborhood, not like uh, you know those big banks like Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, not like that, but think of like a credit union or a local bank or a city bank that uh, not Citibank, the company, but a bank in your city that is just you know one or two two places in your area, and they are going to give a loan. That is their own private money, to you to buy the property, and that that's now part of their portfolio. That's why it's called a portfolio lender. It's their own money. Normal banks. If you go to you know Chase, Washington Mutual. Well, sorry, they're out of business. It's a long time. Ago. I don't know where that came out of. Um, but Chase, uh, Wells Fargo, and uh, Bank of America, all these other companies, um, they basically give you the loan, but then they sell off the loan to somebody else, and. They'd make money on that transaction. They don't actually lend their own money. So a portfolio lender is a bank that lends its own money. Now, it, you know, it, we kind of think of portfolio lenders as being, you know, hey, if we can get those, that'd be so fantastic. Well, I'm gonna tell you one, they, they are great, but at the same time, they're hard to find. Now, they're not so hard to find that you can't find them. So basically what you need to do. If you want to find a portfolio lender, you start calling every single bank in the city that you live or in the local area that you live, it could be the county that you live in. But call every single bank until you find one that actually does portfolio lending. Just literally, you know, when you when you open or call your first person that you talk to, say do you do portfolio lending or can I talk to somebody that does commercial lending and portfolio lending? If they say no, we don't do that here, you say okay, thank you, hang up and, you know, move on to the next bank. But keep calling until you actually find a company that actually does it. It's it's not so easy just to say, you know, a Google search and look for portfolio lenders, which you definitely can. You will find some some things to pop up, but the most uh, the best way is to find a local place in your area that would actually do portfolio lending. So, the reason why it's also better is because banks that are big they have certain criteria that they need to manage all the way down to the lowest person on the lowest totem pole and make sure that they don't screw up And so they have these really strict criteria but a bank that is local, that doesn't have um, so many um, barriers or levels of of management and down to... So anyways, the, the the main person that makes the decision to loan out the money, he's maybe like one or two people away from you. So you might talk to the first lender and he goes, let me talk to my boss, who's the one that actually makes the decision. He sees your business model, he sees the, the plan, he sees your track record of other properties that you bought and says, okay, I'm gonna take a chance on you, I'm gonna give you the money and um, you know interest rates gonna be this that and the other the terms gonna be you know how many years and here's the money and it's their own personal money now they, just think of them as the um, the mortgage holder and you've just found a bank that's lending their own money, which most banks don't actually do that um, because they are able to sell it, off, sell it off. All right. So that was portfolio lender. It's not as, as mythical as as you might think you can actually get, get them uh, fairly easily. You just got to find a bank that's actually going to work with you that does give those. All right. Another one would be owner financing. It's also termed seller financing. Um, could be the exact same thing owner or it is sorry, the exact same thing. Owner financing and seller financing are two amazing ways to buy rental properties. Let me give you an example. So I have a, um, I knew of an investor that had three single family homes and one duplex. Now these three single family homes and one duplex, he wanted to sell. He was an investor. He had his own businesses that were doing really well. He just didn't want to have to worry about these properties anymore. Um, and he had many other businesses outside of that and he just wanted his time that he could he could focus on his businesses and so I said well you know I could buy him for him from you so this is what I'll do I'll give you um, $25,000 cash and you give me a seller financing for the rest of the property and uh, property so the total purchase price of all the properties you give me seller financing and I'll pay you every single month for that and so what happened was He said yes and over time, basically my mortgage payment that was to him because it was my cash and then he had the note so I don't actually have a bank that is actually um, having a mortgage on the property. I have the current owner who is now, um, you know, he has a, uh, uh, the mortgage on the property has a note against the property because he now has the note. I don't actually have a mortgage against it. It's paying him as seller financing but it's so much better because I didn't have to worry about an appraiser. I didn't have to worry about inspections. I didn't have to worry about underwriting. I didn't have to worry about really anything because it's just a transaction between me and the seller. Now, between me and the seller, it's basically him saying, okay, you're good to go. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you the loan. You give me $25,000. Here's the contract. We're going to write it up. Make sure that, you know, if you default, I get the properties again. Obviously, I'm totally fine with that. Just what I would do with a bank. Um, And so the seller is basically becoming the bank, which is one of the best places to be. That's why there are so many banks because they make so much ridiculous money. (laughs) It's crazy. So, what you would want to do is work with a um, any seller that you can. Just say, "Hey, I can I can buy it from you with uh, with financing or getting somebody else to pay." But would you be interested in the possible aspect of doing owner financing, or owner financing, or selling seller financing to where you become the bank? Well, I'll pay you over the next ten years. I'll pay you X amount of dollars over ten years, every single month, like clockwork. You're gonna be making so much more money than if you sold it right now, and you'll make even more money every single month, and after the 10 years, you're gonna be having, you know, X amount more than you were trying to selling it for right now. And so it is a great way to find a property. You can even find seller financing where you put, you know, 5% down, 10% down, you know, very little money out of your pocket. So what I would encourage you to do is as you're looking for properties, ask the seller, you know, why are you selling, number one, so you can understand, what their needs are. If they need money cash right now, then seller financing might not work that well unless you can say, well, how much money do you need? Do you need 20 like this? Is what I you know I could tell my uh, sellers that do you need $25,000? You need $5,000. How much money do you need right now? Maybe I can give that to you and you do the balance being seller financing. And you if you do that, if you find a good deal that you don't have to go through a bank, that's all those fees, those um, closing costs, the points, the underwriting all these different fees that you're not going to have to pay on top of, hopefully you're going to be able to work out a decent interest rate. So I'm going to say, go ahead and every time you find a property, see if that's a possibility where you can do owner financing. Absolutely fantastic way to get properties. Now, the next one. Hard money, now this is one where people think, and I thought the same thing. When you talk about, or when I talk about, or hear of hard money, I think of, you know, Jimmy the money lender down the street that has a bat, that if I don't pay my, uh, my monthly, or weekly, you know, they probably charge by week. If I don't pay the weekly fee, uh, or my, my uh, note payment, he's gonna come down and break my legs, and then if I don't pay anymore, he'll do even more damage, you know, trying to get me to pay. And so that's not what a honey, um, hard money lender does. Um, you know, you probably can't find those, but I would say don't go to them. Um, so a hard money lender is a type of loan that a private business or a private individual, like a private investor, um, will give money out for real estate. So it wouldn't be like going to, like I said, go to Jimmy the Wolf, get with the bat. It'd be actually going to companies that do lend private money. Now, there are some drawbacks to this, um, usually hard money is for getting into a property really quickly so you can either flip it or it, or find some other way to pay off that hard money loan and gets you into a property fixing up the property and and getting you ready so that you can do other ways to get financing it's a great way to get started if you don't have any money so let's say you have Uh, A property that you want to buy you don't have any money to buy it But you talk to a hard money lender and a hard money lender says hey I'll let you I'll lend you the money for the for the property, but if anything happens I get the property, but there are some drawbacks to a hard money now The hard money loans are basically very short-term loans Like I was saying it's to get into a property and try to get out either through selling it, you know flipping it or actually refinancing the property taking the money from a bank giving it to the hard money lender so they get paid off and then you have a long-term financed property now with a longer term financed property you no longer have to worry about the hard money lender you now have a bank that has you know maybe hopefully a 30-year note where it's 30-year fixed it's not going to go up they're not going to you know at the end of uh, you know three years it's they're not going to want their money back but the drawbacks come down to hard money, a few things. Number one, very short term, anywhere from six months to three years maximum. They want, they want to turn their money over very quickly. Now, they also charge very high interest rate. It could be as high as 15%, uh, and depending on how, how lenient the uh, hard money lenders are. But they're in the business of making money, and they make their money through points, where let's say you're borrowing $100,000, where they're gonna charge you two points, which is basically 2%, 3%, 4%, whatever the hard money lender is actually giving. And so let's say, or asking, or you know, taking. So let's say you're buying a $100,000 house. He says, well, it's four points to buy the property. Well, it's 4% of the purchase price. So that'd be $4,000 that goes to the hard money lender just for the privilege of borrowing the money. Now, if you're borrowing it for six months, then you're paying $4,000 for six months use of that money, and you need to pay it back within six months. Um, It could be a year, it could be two years, whatever it might be. But your goal, if you ever did get a hard money lender, use a hard money lender, is to get into a property and know beforehand how you are going to get back out of that hard money loan and get into something more permanent. So here's an example. You see a house for $100,000 You want to buy it, but you go to you don't have the money, the cash to buy it. So you go to a hard money lender and say, "Here's here's all the deals, or here's all the numbers for the deal. Um, I'm going to borrow money for two years, and um, I will I'll pay you pay it off before the two years is up. And so he'll give you the you know okay, 15 15 percent is the interest rate. You're gonna pay four points on it and I'll give you two years to pay it off and this is how the monthly payment's gonna be. You'll work all that out. But before you even sign on that, make sure that you can actually get a conventional loan right out of that. So within six months, you you know you bought the property. Uh, after six months, you got it fixed up. You have it rented out. And by the seventh or eighth month, you go out to the bank and say, hey, I have this property it's it's my property and in six months I've owned it for over six months so it's been somewhat vested where banks don't want you to uh, little little side note usually banks want you to own the house at least six months before they would lend you lend money on it on the property I've actually run into that many times so um, after six months you can refinance the property pay off the hard money note and possibly even take money out and put it in your pocket, which I've done, um, and you can actually have a fixed loan instead of the hard money loan. Now you paid a few points, you paid high interest on it, which is true, yeah, but now you have a property. Now you have the ability to grow your business into a bigger business because you now have one property, maybe two properties, three properties, but this is a way to actually get a property when you possibly could not have. Now I'll give you a tip on how to find hard money lenders. Super simple, and this is much easier to find in, uh, the portfolio lenders. Whatever state or city you're going to start investing in, let's say you're going to start investing in Los Angeles, which I would absolutely not recommend. Not recommend. The uh, prices of the homes are ridiculously outpriced compared to how much rent you can you can bring in. You know, let's scratch that. I don't want to talk about LA. You're going to lose money if you invest there. At least my opinion. I don't want to invest there. So let's say Boise, Idaho. You're gonna to go to Boise, Idaho, and you want to start buying somewhere in Boise area or outside of there. So you look, go go to Google, Yahoo, Bing, whatever search engine you want. Type in um, Boise hard money lenders and, and search, you're gonna find plenty of Boise hard money lenders. There are actual reputable companies, and you can hopefully see their reviews. Go to Yelp, check out the reviews. Uh, but you. I've actually worked with companies that do this they give you the hard money lender uh, money they give you a hard money they're the hard money lender but they also have the ability to get a conventional loan so they do both they do the hard money lending and at the same time they qualify you for a conventional loan so that after six months they already have the ability to put you into a conventional loan for you rather than you finding a conventional loan and a hard money loan trying to piece it all together they will actually qualify you for both get you in one so you get the property then get you into the conventional loan afterwards so that you don't even have to do that headache of finding another um, uh, loan. They've actually done all the work, they've pre-qualified you, they've already done everything. So you're gonna find lots and lots of hard money lenders. This is a great way to jump into properties uh, and just make sure that you understand the that you know after six months, you, the, the note comes due. Whatever the term is, six months, one year, two years, three years. The note comes due, which means you actually have to pay the entire amount off. But what you n- must do is figure out your exit strategy beforehand. How am I going to get out of this hard money loan beforehand? All right, next, let's move on to private money. Private money would be any money that from or basically from anybody that you know. So it could be friends, it could be family could be an acquaintance, could be some business owner that you, you, you've talked to that you know and say, hey, I have this deal, would you be interested in investing in it? So it's basically a way to find money that is, in your relative network of influence, you know, the people that you know. You talk to the people and you say, uh, you know, anybody, your, your friends, family, your uncle. Let's say you go to your uncle and say, hey, I have this deal and I need $25,000 for this deal and this is what I'll give you. And I'll give you um, 10% of the deal or 50% whatever you want to offer um, as well as I'm gonna be able to refinance pull the money out pay you back within two years basically using them as somewhat like a hard money lender but you're able to bring them the deal um, put them so that they are the banks and you're paying them the money so it's it's super um, touchy to talk about money and business with family and friends, but this is a huge option. I'll tell you, I've been blessed to have my dad, um, when I was uh, getting started, Blessed me to be able to borrow a little bit of money to buy a house. And, you know, I was paying him, I think it was like 9% interest, so I was actually paying quite a bit in interest, but I was able to borrow the money and then um, pay him back. And over you know, the course of three to five years, I eventually had enough money where I paid off, where I didn't own that money anymore, but that was a great way for me to uh, build my business is by borrowing from my dad. Now, not all of us have a dad that can get that money, but you may have somebody you know, maybe somebody you don't realize yet um, that could possibly be an investor with you in your business. What it comes down to is you being vocal Um, Not necessarily asking everybody, hey, can I borrow money? Hey, can I borrow money? Hey, can I borrow money? Don't do that. I would say you're going to get very irritating very fast to many people. But what you can do is tell them that you're an investor. You invest in real estate. You invest in rental properties. I have, because I quit my job, because I have so many properties, because I've been doing it for so long, um, I have so many people that say to me, hey, if you need some money to invest, I want to invest my money. I want to get started doing this. Um, just come down, talk to me, and I'll give you money. And so, what happens is, because I have talked about it so much, or people know that's what I do, invest in real estate and rental properties, they look to me and say, hey, I'm gonna invest in you not necessarily the deal, but I'm investing in you because you have a track record, because you have experience, because I wanna make money. Um, And so what people are gonna be doing, private money people, your friends, family, and other people that you know, they're really investing in you, also in the deal, but they're trusting that you're not going to lose their money. You're not going to waste their money and all that sort of stuff. So being able to find private money is a great way to grow your business, especially if you don't even have a business to start. If you can borrow some money so that you can get start your business and get your business started, then refinance the property, pull money out, pay off the private money, then you have a property. So use private private money. This is another tool in your toolbox of how to find and fund your rental properties. Another one would be home equity lines of credit. Now, so it'd also be um, considered a HELOC, and that's the, the acronym for it, Home Equity Line of Credit. So that's also home equity loans as well. Anything about your equity, borrowing against the equity in your property. Now, there's two things. One is refinancing, pulling all the money out of the property, and refinancing, pulling more um, uh, money out on top of it. So let's say the property's worth $200,000, you owe $100,000. So you have half of what it's worth. But you pull out $150,000 total, well $100,000 goes to refinancing the total mortgage of the first one. Then $50,000 comes out and goes into your pocket. I've done this many times and I've actually taken that 50,000 and bought more properties so that I can have more money coming in. So now you can do that too where you pull more money, more money out. Now this is not um, Home Equity Loan or HELOC, uh, line of credit as well as the loans. That's not what this is. This is a second, on the property, so let's say the same property, its value is $200,000, you owe $100,000, but you wanna get a home equity line of credit or a home equity loan to take up that equity. So they're gonna give you, let's say, uh, for round numbers, $50,000 home equity line of credit or home equity loan. So you basically get a loan for $50,000, that's a second note, like there, uh, there's a first note which is the 100,000, second note would be the $50,000. Now that $50,000 goes in your pocket if it's a home equity loan that you can spend however you want. You have to pay on that every single month because you now have a second mortgage. Or if you have a home equity line of credit where it's like a credit card. You basically have your house like a credit card. If you pay um, somebody you know, $10,000 to fix up a house, well as you pay that $10,000 down, eventually go back down to zero like a credit card and you won't be charged interest. Home equity loan is basically, you're pulling out all $50,000 and you're paying it off over the term, you know, 20 years, 30 years or whatever it might be. So these are two great ways that you can actually use the equity in the houses that you own that, you know, not just your personal residence, which I would recommend because I've done that many times, but your other rental properties. You can actually use the other rental properties, the equity in those to buy more properties. It's absolutely fantastic. Now that was the HELOC or the Home Equity Line of Credit and the Home Equity Loan. Now, another one I want to give you is partnerships. Now, I'm going to say personally, I'm not a big fan of partners because you split. Okay, really what it comes down to, you have 100% of liability still. Even though you have partners, you don't take 50% of the liability. You still have 100% liability on you, but you take 50% of the profits if you have a partner or 60-40 or 70-30, whatever you guys work out the partnership to be. But it's better to have A property then no property and if you need to have a partner bring in a partner that has the money um, to buy your first property then absolutely do it because once you get started then you can hopefully buy your partner out or they can buy you out you have more money now you can buy another property it's a way to get you started so even though I gave that little disclaimer saying that I'm not a big fan of partnerships because you have 100% of liability if it's the only way to get started absolutely do that get started buying investment properties so Partnerships are basically um, finding somebody else that either has the money or the experience or the deal or whatever it might be and working together, either giving them equity in the deal or basically giving them a loan on the, on the, the property. And so what you do is you have um, synergy. Synergy is a fancy word for basically the creation of the whole of the entire thing is basically greater than the sum of its parts. Fancy way of saying that if you have two people separate, they produce you know 10 and 10. So person A produces 10, person B produces 10 as well. Well, separately, they produce 20 total. But if you put them together, they now produce 30 because they work better together, they produce more together. So that's really what comes down with partnerships. Now, let's say if you had your own money and you wanted to buy a duplex that makes $1,600 a month, total purchase price being $250,000, 20% down payment would be $50,000. But let's say you had a partner, you had three partners with you, you each had $50,000 down. So instead of buying that um, $1,600 a month passive income duplex, you know that's $1,600 you make a month, um, purchase price of $250,000. So instead of having $50,000 in one deal, now you have three people with $50,000, not saying you could find that, but if you did, you would have three people with hundred fifty thousand, sorry, fifty thousand dollars each, comes out to hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, that twenty percent down payment will get you to be able, will allow you to buy a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar property. Imagine an eighteen unit apartment complex with eight thousand dollars in monthly rent being split up between three people because you each put in fifty thousand dollars. Your synergy together makes you even more money than if you were separate because you guys work together. So. I would suggest looking into other people that are interested, if you need to find a partner, if you need a partner, um, because you don't have the money, you don't have the experience, resources, whatever it might be, strongly recommend start looking for other people who are currently investing, um, in any other person that is actually interested in investing, because if you work with somebody else, you spread spread out all the extra work, you know, finding property managers, finding realtors, finding contractors, you split up the work, you also split up the money, Um, you know, if they put in $50,000 or even $5,000, you have three people putting $5,000, you have $15,000 now now to put down on a property. So getting a partnership, having a partner, or many partners is a great way to find properties, uh, sorry, to fund properties. Now let me give you another one. So another one would be credit cards. (laughs) Now. I know what you're thinking. Okay, credit cards, buying a house with credit cards. Absolutely. In fact, I've actually bought two. Can you think how stupid that is? I actually bought two houses with one credit card. I'll tell you what happened. So as I was in 2009, um, or sorry, it was 2008, right before the crash. It was literally like um, like three months before the crash hit. I got a letter from the, a bank that said, hey, open this credit card. We'll give you, uh, I think it was like $15,000 or something like that. But we're going to give you um, a low, low, low interest loan for the life of the balance. So if you pull out money, so it could be cash out or purchases for the life of that cash out, I'm going to get we're going to give you 0.075 percent interest. And I thought to myself, 0.075 interest on money. That's absolutely ridiculously cheap. Like I'm hoping to get a four percent bank note on a property, you know, a mortgage for 4%. This is .07, no, .75, sorry, .75. So it's not even one point or not 1%. I said, that is cheap money. They're actually paying me because of inflation over 3% a year, it's averaged out 3% a year, they're actually paying me. They're losing money on the deal. So I said, absolutely. So I took out the credit card, wrote myself a check, pulled out all the money that I could and put it in my bank account and then bought Two properties, if you know my story, I started with really, really cheap properties. One property, the lowest I think I bought was like $6500 for a property. So I bought two properties with this one credit card. And this one credit card, the more the uh, monthly payments I think was like $280. But with those two properties that brought in, I wanna say $500 a month. So I was still on top of property management fees, insurance, taxes, things like that. I was still pocketing with those two properties I think it was like five hundred dollars, maybe four fifty, somewhere around there, with the credit card payment. Now, since then I paid off the credit card, I got all. I, I still own those properties, and they're making money, hand over fist now. Um, but that's another way that you can get creative if you can possibly figure out a way to find cheap money, and it, you know, if one comes in the mail, which. This was, like I said, before the crash. After the crash, those dried up. I never see those anymore. But who knows, they might come out again. That could be another potential way you can find another property, or fund another property. So let's put it all together. So basically, putting this all together is finding different ways to get creative. You know, maybe part of it could be you have cash, and another part would be conventional loan. The other part would be seller financing. Other part was you used a credit card to help you you fund the cash portion. It could be many different ways. It could be even something where um, you have 10% cash down. The seller financing gives 10% of the seller financing. And then you get 80% loan to get the deal. It could be any of these many different ways. Getting a hard money loan and then moving that directly into a conventional loan. It could be any of these fantastic ways to put them all together to find it and fund a property. Now, I'm gonna encourage you to get creative and to think of how you can solve a problem, not how a a problem becomes a roadblock and stops you from going further. Hey, if you can't do it with just conventional, figure out, maybe ask for seller financing. Maybe see, is there a way I can use my credit card? I would say, make sure that it's the right credit card that you use. Um, Maybe it could be um, a hard money lender. Whatever it might be, work all these together so that you can fund the properties. Because once you have a deal, you don't want to let it go. Get creative and think of, hey, I got to solve this problem. I'm I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. This is a problem I need to solve. If I solve it, I make a ton of money. If I don't solve it, you know, hey, there goes the deal. So this has been the the episode number two on how to finance. Your rental property deals, like I said, this is heavily, heavily um, interest. It's heavy interest in by from many, many people. Um, so many more people. Like twi- this is twice visited over compared to every single page on my my blog because people are so interested in this. And so I have a lot more on my blog and in my courses that teach about how to actually fund properties. This basically just scratches the surface on all the funding options that you can probably get in and I'm gonna encourage you to look into furthering your knowledge and contacts and networking of people that might have money. You might even get an angel investor, not necessarily angel investor, that would be like a business, but an investor that has cash that only wants to invest cash wants to make a 20% return on his money. And then you pay him off, you know, it'd be somewhat like a hard money, a cross between hard money as well as private financing. But you might have a private investor if you can find somebody like that. There are many different ways to fund properties. And this was the second episode of the Master Passive Income podcast thank you so much for listening with me and I hope that you get started I hope you find that first property second property even the 10th property I want to be there to help you through there thanks again for listening if you haven't subscribed to this podcast go ahead and subscribe and if you would do help me out and give me a review uh, honest review on on whatever you know um, iTunes or wherever that you um, are listening to it helps me out it would be great to reach out to more people and um, hopefully I can continue giving out this great free content so that you guys can live the life of your dreams. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. R E N T A L to 33777. You can also join my real estate wealth builders group coaching. Get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya.